0: Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until...
1: The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m.
0: The office was shocked.
1: <laughs> That's when we sleep.
0: Maya made it less scary with Canva.
1: I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime.
0: Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at Canva.com. Designed for work. Another busy week of news to make sense of. Trump's tweets targeting four Democratic Congresswomen, the resignation of Labor Secretary Alex Acosta, the case against Jeffrey Epstein, and will he get bail? I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Each week we break down the news and take stock of what's happening. Today we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and to access all other Cafe Insider content, become a member at cafe.com insider. That's cafe.com slash insider.
1: This is reported in Daily Beast. The quote is, is the Epstein case going to cause a problem for confirmation hearings that Acosta was asked that? And he explained, according again to the reporting, um, that back in the day he'd he'd had just one meeting on the Epstein case and he'd cut the non-prosecution deal because he had, quote, been told to back off that Epstein was above his pay grade and that Acosta was told that Epstein, quote, belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone. What do you make of that? And, and basically the implication is that Epstein was a, essentially a spy or, a, a you know, an intelligence an asset, in asset way, for the United States government. Yeah.
0: So a few things. It is true from time to time in my own personal experience where you come up against somebody who's engaged in certain misconduct, usually of a financial nature, and it comes to your attention and it has to be worked out in a way that's appropriate and in the interest of justice, the larger sense of justice, and it comes to your attention that that person is providing valuable information or has worked as an asset in some way for intelligence services. In other words, sometimes it's impossible to make up an organization or make up a company and somebody will decide, well, we can use an actual human being who uh, doesn't have to pretend that he owns a company and they can, you know, engage in, in financial transactions with bad guys for intelligence gathering purposes. And then you have, you know, a debate and a back and forth and an argument. What kind of misconduct is it? Can it be overlooked? Uh, in favor of uh, intelligence reasons, and then you have all sorts of other discovery problems that you would have if you went forward with a, with a case. And I've so seen defense, it used a lot yes. in
1: white-collar cases, particularly where a, a defendant commits a series of financial frauds and then gets wired up to proceed against other folks. I think it's very different than a child's sexual predator. No,
0: totally. But in those cases, so, so the point is, that's it not happens. crazy. That yep. does happen, yep. and, it, and it upsets prosecutors immensely, but the prosecutors decide... Well, we didn't know that. And now we're going to have a huge problem proceeding with the case because there's going to be a fight over discovery and information relating to this bad conduct because that's, it all that's all sorts of yeah. it has all sorts of relevance to the defense case, usually. I also agree that it is not the kind of thing you overlook, you know, years-long rapes of young girls. So it seems a little bit far-fetched. It also would be odd for there to be any conclusion at all. I mean, you know, typically in a case like that, Because the person has been an asset in some formal way, as was suggested by Alex, the whole thing would go away. As opposed to having something half-assed that we've been dissecting, like a non-prosecution. And, and, you you know, some jail time, although most of it was not spent in jail. You would kind of think it would be a switch, you know, either proceed or not proceed. I also think for that to be kept hidden for so long, given how many people would have had to know about it, is also odd. It also seems like a throwaway line. But then, at the press conference, something that was largely overlooked...
1: Yeah, and they did a terri- the reporters Acosta did a terrible job of asking asked questions the on question this. Yeah. About Not to throw our reporter friends under the bus, but he was asked about this. Do You have the
0: Yeah, so so he was asked essentially, you know, whether Epstein was an intelligence asset. And it's the kind of thing if it's outlandish and crazy that you would think Acosta would have just said no, and that's that's a crazy theory. And he says instead, so there has been reporting to that effect and let me say So 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 there has there has been reporting to that effect. And, and let me say, um, there's been reporting to a lot of effects in, in, in this case, uh, not just now, but over the years. And, and again, I would, you know, I would hesitate to take to this take... reporting as fact. Hesitate to take this reporting as fact is not blowing I, it it's out of the water. Right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this was a case that was brought by our office. It was brought based on the facts. And I look at the reporting and others. I can't address it directly because of our guideline. You can't directly address... You can't directly address in a garden variety case, an outlandish theory that the defendant was an asset. I don't think that violates anything. Yeah. Um, But I can tell you that, that a lot of reporting is just going down rabbit holes. That was not really a denial.
1: No, it's not a denial at all. It's almost a, yeah, something happened or I was told this, whether or not it's true. And the thing I started to think about is who could have told Acosta that? He was the U.S. attorney. He was the chief federal law enforcement officer for the Southern District of Florida for Miami. So the only people above him are people in the United States Department of Justice, for example, the Assistant Attorney General for Criminal, the Attorney General, um, the Deputy Attorney General, but there's a pretty short list of folks who would have the authority to tell the appointed and Senate-confirmed United States attorney from Florida not to do an investigation. I'm not sure it's true, by the way, but I do think Acosta sort of offered this, at least in his White House conversation, as the theory behind it, and there's probably a lot more to that story that we don't know. It's either... You know, he's making an excuse for political deals that he was cutting himself. Yes, right. That, that to me is what yes. it sounds
0: like. Maybe there was some whisper or hint of something, and he doesn't want to kill the story, right? Because it allows a little bit of speculation as to why he might have done. You know, because of some greater interest for national security or or the country. But there's really nothing to back it up. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in that.
1: It's just bizarre. It's like every story we touch has like a spy thriller aspect to it. One thing I wanna note about the constitutional claim, the equal protection claim, it's it's worth spending just a minute on how absurd (laughs) that is. And it's kind of rich. It's It really is. So to speak. It it really (laughs) is. The Equal Protection Clause of the United States Constitution says all people are entitled to equal protection of the laws. And then it sets up three levels of scrutiny for courts to use to analyze questions. And things like race, which, you know, there's been historic discrimination based on race, has what's called strict scrutiny, meaning that if the government wants to do something and it's based on race, that they have to have an extraordinarily strong persuasive reason why they should be allowed to do it. And then there's moderate level scrutiny, things like gender fall under moderate level scrutiny. And then there's, there's really very low level scrutiny. And that's where something like socioeconomic status falls in. When we've seen equal protection used, we've seen it arguing, for example, that white and black people get to sit wherever they want to sit on a bus, for example, right? And so there's a long history of litigation around the equal protection clause. And when we've seen it used, it's for people who are historically disadvantaged or have been wronged. And so it's people of color, women, national origin, where people are from, people who are impoverished. It's not generally seen by someone arguing, you're discriminating against me because
0: I'm wealthy. Exactly. And can I brag on my folks? Please. Um, although they're not my folks anymore, but I hired a lot of them from their bail memo. They recite something that the judge said in the Zarab case where Judge Berman, the same judge said, quote, the defendant's privately funded armed guard proposal <laughs> is unreasonable because it helps to foster inequity and unequal treatment in favor of a very small cohort of criminal defendants who are extremely wealthy. And by the way, I followed that argument closely. I was the US attorney when that argument was made. It defended me deeply and I wanted to make sure that we had a powerful response. And then in this case, the SDNY folks also write, it is frankly outrageous for the defendant to suggest that preventing him from using his vast wealth to duplicate a private prison that cannot control, monitor and contain him consistent with the requirements of the bail act would cause him to somehow, quote, bear a special disadvantage, close quote. Good submission.
1: Yeah, it's a great submission. And I think it's also worth noting that there are many people who sort of feel like there are to Americans when it comes to criminal justice, and and wealth is a big part of that, that the wealthy can buy a certain amount of access to good lawyers, to lesser consequences for, for criminal actions than people who don't have resources or people of color. And for Epstein's lawyers to go into court and argue that they are disadvantaged, it's really stunning to me. And I don't think a judge is going to accept that argument. And so it it strikes me as, you know, this judge isn't going to accept it. Do you think the second circuit is going to be sympathetic? I don't think so. Do you think the Supreme Court is going to be sympathetic? No. I don't think so. So but, why but make that it? Leads,
0: that leads to another question. And taking you to draw the parallel with the Reza Zahra case, certain kinds of people, I mean, no one likes to go to jail and no one likes to be in, in jail pre-trial, um, but certain kinds of people handle it less well than other kinds of people. And the kinds of people who handle it less well are wealthy folks who can afford a private security force right. and who live in $77 million mansions. Right. sure. And people like that will but that's anything the way to get system out works. of prison. Right. And one of the ways that you can maybe get your way out of prison uh, is to flip. And I remember when I was overseeing the Zarab case for various reasons, including his closeness with the Erdogan regime in Turkey and his family living there and the consequences to him and his family for flipping, which are much, much more dire than they would be for, presumably for Jeffrey Epstein. Once he lost any possibility of getting out on bail, um, I don't know, this happened after I left the office, but from you know my knowledge of matters in the world, he then flipped and it was fairly surprising that he flipped. So this is the Hail Mary pass to get him out on bail, yeah. even if it's uh, house detention if Jeffrey Epstein has something that he can give um, and substantially assist with, once he's denied bail, that becomes a much more real possibility.
1: I agree with you that he'll cooperate. And it's an interesting question of who would he cooperate against? And it does seem that he threw lavish parties and he was often facilitating
0: young girls for other
1: people. And so he may have interesting things to tell. Two other things worth noting about
0: that. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and become a member. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.